hello and welcome back to the Replatform podcast, which today is with just me, Paul, as Lewis and I wanted to do it after 5pm, which didn't work for James. Um, but yeah, I'm joined by Lewis Sellers, who is a very good friend of mine, and we're both finding it quite difficult to uh, to be serious so far. I think this is take five. Um, yeah, just because we've known each other for so long. Um, but James and I invited Lewis on when we saw him recently to talk a bit about Magento and I guess kind of how it's changed in recent times, how the role of the platform has changed in the at the kind of varying levels of online retail. Um, so Lewis, why don't you give us a bit of an introduction to yourself and pinpoint initially before we go into the questions? Yeah, brilliant. Thanks very much. So uh, I'm Lewis Sellers, uh, managing director of uh, Pinpoint, who are a, a Magento and Adobe Commerce agency based in Leeds, Manchester, and London. Uh, we're part of a larger group called IDHL. Um, so we've got kind of nine agencies in total. We were acquired a few years ago, but I head up the the Adobe Commerce part of the business. Lovely. And um, so the first question, which I think is, um, yeah, the one that a lot of people tend to ask at the moment. So you and I have a lot of discussions around Magento and the market fit. And, you know, we've debated a bit over the last few years around this and, you know, what customer type Magento suited to nowadays. Um, where do you think Magento sits and where is it still the right pl- uh, platform? Yeah, so I think from my perspective, anything that's kind of complex B2C um, is definitely still a good fit for Magento. We see a lot of customers coming in from a B2B perspective now. So I would say if I look back three or four years ago compared to now, we're definitely seeing a lot more dominance in the B2B market. Um Anyone who's looking at kind of international stores, multi-store, Magento is still very good at handling kind of lots of, uh, of kind of um, complexity around that area. Um, and also companies that want to kind of be in control of their own data as well. So obviously a lot of the SaaS platforms, you throw your data into there and they kind of host it on their own infrastructure where you still have the ability to host on-premise. So um, they're probably the main areas we're, we're kind of seeing growth in at the moment. Um that being said, we do see that people are needing to have more of a healthy budget to invest in something like Adobe now. Obviously, I think we'll probably talk about this as we kind of go on the upgrade path. It's a lot more onerous than it um, previously has been. Um, so it's those kind of two trade-offs. But yeah, complex B2C and B2B are the, the main growth areas that we see. That makes sense. And um, when I was working with Magento a lot more, and when we, you know, both of us were pretty much all of our projects with Magento, um, I remember, you know, almost every project was on-prem and you just mentioned that around uh you know the potential of still using it on-prem but for in my recent experience it feels like everyone's using the cloud edition now um what proportion of your projects are using cloud and like what's your view on cloud Jeff? yeah good question um i think probably 50 50 now we're definitely seeing more customers um adopt cloud than what they previously did do um, it's probably fair to say when cloud was first launched, it didn't have the greatest reputation. And I think that uh, Adobe have probably had quite a steep learning curve with this. Um, they definitely put a lot of investment in the team behind the scenes. Um, but we do have clients now that are using cloud really successfully. Um, we've got people like Leeds United Football Club that are on there. Um, and they go through huge traffic peaks. Um, and the, the cloud functionalities worked really well for them. But yeah, probably about 50% of our customers are on there now. Um, slightly different to work with than the on-premise version because it's a read-only environment. So there are uh, a few nuances that you have to be aware of, but we've done kind of plenty of projects there now and kind of used to the uh, the quirks that it, it has. Yeah, that makes sense. I think uh, it's definitely got a lot better from um, what I've seen with clients for sure. Yeah. Um, 
And then I guess the obvious uh, main kind of point of criticism for Magento is the maintenance costs, so both in terms of time and money. Um, equally, though, I know this can be bought down, um, you know, if you adopt the right, um, I guess, or if you go in with the right mentality and adopt the right principles uh, with Magento. Um, what's your view in terms of how people can keep this to a minimum? Yeah, so most of the time we'd say keep your technical debt as low as possible. So don't build everything into the platform. I think this has probably been something that we see uh, a lot of people fall into the trap of. So utilize third parties where you can um, and kind of integrate them through the API or using kind of yeah, third-party functionality for that. Um, only extend the kind of core code base with... Uh, so there's a huge extension. There's a huge provider of extensions out there. A lot of those extensions add 100 features to the code base, but in reality, you might only need one or two of those. And rather than just buying extensions from all over the place and adding them into your site, we would recommend only extending it by the one piece of functionality you do just to keep that technical debt down. Um, ultimately, means that the maintenance of the platform is much easier. Um, you don't end up with conflicts between the extensions all of the time. Um, and then really using Magento, as a uh, kind of a core sales platform and then utilizing third parties to build off that that core where possible yeah that makes sense i think there's been some uh there have been some really uh good examples of large sites that have done that really well actually so before obviously not now but before made.com was like the perfect example of where magento is essentially you know cart and order management and then they had a pim you know they went headless yeah everything yeah we're seeing a Kimio is a PIM. You might offload your search technology, all of those other areas, and just utilizing Magento really to, to handle that sales function and maybe some of the other bits, but offloading that way you can in order to keep that, that kind of upgrade path as, as straightforward as possible. That makes sense. And I guess um similar-ish area here. So what's your view on kind of building within Magento versus outside <laughs> but more when it comes to kind of core functionality that's needed as part of the e-com site. So examples I've written down here, so pre-order management or VIP management. So yeah, over the years, I've seen lots of people build custom modules, this kind of stuff within Magento, and then that has hampered them further down the line when it comes to, I guess, yeah, upgradability, maintenance, all of that kind of stuff um, versus potentially nowadays it feels like a lot of people are building like microservices completely independent of Magento and then just, you know, using APIs or, you know, other ways of kind of connecting into Magento. What's your view on how this should work? Yeah, I think there's, again, there's probably a bit of a balance to strike on this side. Like typically we would say offload this out of Magento and try and try and build, build outside where you can. Um, kind of keeping Magento as that sales engine, building the logic outside of it, connecting to the API. Um, I think Magento is a hugely kind of powerful platform out of the box. So really it's using parts of the platform that are available to you and then using the API to kind of achieve that functionality as it were. So um, Leeds United that I mentioned before, they have kind of a, um, I think you mentioned VIP uh, like management solution. So they have... Um, uh, season ticket holders can receive discounts for uh, certain types of products. We use the customer group functionality within Magento, so straight out the box uh, functionality where they can set pricing on a per product basis for those customers. And then we have an interface with a platform called SeatGeek. Um, and I think there's another service as well. And basically when customers subscribe to be a season ticket holder, 
um, they get added to a specific customer group in Magento and, and that gives them access to those level of details. So I think it's it's all about, I guess, using your agency where you can to leverage the the capabilities of Magento and then figuring out how you can do that in the most efficient way. Um, back in the day, we might have built that as a huge extension within the platform that that handed that kind of overwrote something that that isn't really required now. So, yeah, just being smart about that that um, kind of method really, and and keeping it as lean as possible. That makes sense. Um, and then you mentioned lead search. I think having spoke to you a bit, and I think it's probably right to say this. Hopefully, um, I think that you know a good example of a pretty complex Magento implementation that have got relatively low kind of maintenance and opex costs around the platform. Um, I guess how can you take how how would you how can brands you know have Magento? What what else can they do to keep the costs down? Essentially, what else can they do to reduce kind of wasted spend around kind of the maintenance retainers and you know all other aspects of um, kind of maintenance around Magento? Yeah, so Magento's long-standing platform. There's loads of out-of-the-box features. Um, I think the amount of times we do see people re-implement features is is absolutely crazy. So even back to the days of Magento one, we used to see people re-implement color swatches even though they came completely out of the box. Um, I think it's about being smart with your initial build. So if you can build components within to, within the page builder functionality, so this is the kind of drag and drop um, page editor where you can add widgets and various other bits. I think it's about being smart with um, building out those reusable components so you can give the site kind of different a different look and feel as you were. That, that means that the general day-to-day maintenance is quite easy for a company to handle. Um, I think going back to one of the previous points, keeping that code base really lean, don't add in extensions that are going to be adding 100 features when you only need one. That means that when you are getting to doing upgrades, those upgrades progress much easier. You're not having to um, go through kind of weeks and weeks and weeks of work of just doing an upgrade and not really getting too much from it. Um, and I think really our, so probably more than 50% of the clients that we onboard are people where we're almost recovering a site that they've had built from another agency or it's people that are kind of moving provider. Um, we have kind of a three-stage approach for that. So we carry out an audit initially to understand the um, kind of the quality of the code base and any any issues they might have around kind of um, stability or maintenance of it. We will then stabilize the platform um, by re-implementing anything that might be not up to the right standards or needs removing or anything like that. And then it's and then you get onto the fun stuff, which is the iterative improvements, actually building the functionality you want and, and bits bits like that. And what we always try and um get across to the clients that we're working with is if you do have a large amount of technical debt in the platform, um, you'd be better kind of pausing a little bit and taking a step back in order to clean all that up because moving forward you'll be able to progress a lot quicker rather than trying to figure it out as you go along you're better kind of getting back to a a really stable code base in the first place that makes sense um so the next one so we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago um and i was moaning to you about a client um basically had been quoted somewhere between 40 and 50 grand to do the 2.4 upgrade um, and that had essentially triggered them because it was, you know, an unexpected cost. It triggered them to think, right, I'm just going to take this and put the and use that as a justification to put 50k towards a replatforming away from Magento. And I guess 
in my experience, the upgrades are usually one of the first trigger points um, to kind of start people looking at the SaaS platforms or any other platform, because, you know, I guess there's, it's a bit of an unknown. You don't know when the next one is. You're frustrated. It's something that you haven't, you probably haven't budgeted for. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of unnecessary replatforms that have maybe initially been triggered by this. Um, so I guess from your perspective, do you think that Magento will take this into the kind of platform as a service offering at any point? Do you think it's something they're going to address? And how would you, I guess, as an agency, like to see them um, addresses yeah i've been mulling this over a bit since we originally um discussed it i'm not i'm not convinced that um i keep saying magenta it should be adobe commerce notion but i'm not convinced they'll ever go full um platform as a service i think it's quite a big shift away from where they currently are um and whilst it might be a sensible move in certain areas i think they would almost suffer as a result of going that route, like a lot of people still come to it because it is a fully open source platform on that side. And I guess it would be taking away a little bit from that by, by going full pass. Um, there's definitely a lot of talk around them moving more into a microservice approach for the platform um, and almost making different elements of the platform, um, like being able to upgrade those independently. So if you wanted to upgrade search, you can independently do that separate to some other part of the platform, for example. Um, I think they are trying to move more towards um, headless, which obviously leads more to that microservice approach as well, um, and more kind of, um, yeah, component-driven. But I, I would say the upgrade path, especially two point, the 2.4 upgrade path from 2.3 has been very painful for a lot of merchants and for um, and, and well, merchants and agencies. Um, the the upgrade to 2.4.2, I think it was, was designed to actually move them into a position where the upgrades moving forward should be a lot more straightforward. So, um, yeah, that's that's a big area of focus for them at the moment. I think anyone who does choose to go down the route of Adobe Commerce has to realize that there is more of an overhead on upgrades and maintenance and bits like that um, than any of the SaaS platforms out there. Obviously, things like Magento and BigCommerce will upgrade um seamlessly behind the scenes and that's something that that merchants do need to be aware of but the trade-off is you do get a lot more flexibility within the platform you get full ownership of the code and the customer base within there and and that's that's almost a, a value to to other merchants so i guess going back to your original question um i don't think they will go full pass i think the the huge focus within the platform at the moment is on the upgrade path side of things in order to try and make that that kind of much more straightforward um, and really, from our side, that's something that we would like to see. We really want our merchants to get the most out of being able to add um, new features, functionality, and delivering an ROI on the platform. That makes sense. And I think um, you mentioned that. I think if they could bring that overhead down and improve how they handle the comms around it and maybe even like try to align upgrades of like tangible improvements, I think that would help them a lot. And it would essentially uh, give people more reason to expect something off the back of it so yeah yeah we've been we've i guess both of us have been around since the kind of magenta one days where when a patch was released um it would take an hour to install a patch and then you would however long you're testing took on top of that you might have you might have anywhere from a few hours testing all the way up to a few days worth of testing but at the moment the upgrade path is definitely 
um, more painful. But I know that that is a real key focus for Adobe at the moment and something that they are they are working on. I guess that's one of the negatives at the moment. There are, there are plenty of positives in the platform too. What is Ampliance? In a word, it's freedom. The freedom to build a digital experience as limitless as your vision. Create, preview, schedule and manage all your content in one easy place. Find out more at Ampliance.com. Ampliance. Experience freedom. So you kind of ruined the next question because you've already touched <laughs> Um, there's obviously a lot of rumors around Magento kind of being completely re-architected. Um, you know, a lot of talk of Java being a big part of that. Um, as you said, a lot of talk around them kind of moving more towards microservices. Um, do you have a view on kind of timelines for this and how much of a drastic change it will be? Uh no, not directly. So I think I think. This is something that is actively happening in the background. I think it's going to be a, I think it was first deemed that it'd be like Magento 3 almost, and it'd be a new version that they were going to release that everyone had to move to. And I, I don't think that's the case. I think it's going to be an iterative change. And what we're going to see is um, as further updates come out to 2.4, hopefully we'll see that upgrade path get a bit easier. The upgrade to 2.5 will be another step in the right direction. Um, so I think it's going to be a gradual change. Um, I don't know off the top of my head what the upgrade, uh, what the the roadmap plans are for two point five. I know that Adobe are a lot more transparent now on the um, when they are doing releases and what the end of life and and bits like that will be. Um, but I certainly don't think it's going to be a full rebuild of the whole platform. Where to get to the next version, you need to completely rebuild your front end and and everything else. I think it'll be more of a gradual change. Um, but time time will tell. You would hope they've learned their lesson from that. Yeah. Way. Magento 2 was a, yeah. Um, yeah, had a rocky start, let's say. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Um, and then the next one. So I'm not as close to Magento as I used to be, as you know. Um, I guess just from like a high level, what what is new with the platform? Like what what came as part with, or kind of what's been within some of those 2.x um upgrades like what else are they kind of working on at the moment like what's changed within the platform over the last kind of 12 months yeah so 2.4 was definitely related to um security changing a lot of core parts of the platform to aid that upgrade path um so so spent a fair amount of time talking around that is definitely a key focus there's been a lot of updates uh, relating to um, performance especially in b2b and related to priceless so um B2B, as you'll know, there's huge customer catalogs, um, huge um, product catalogs, and then quite often individual customers will have individual prices. So you can end up with a one product with thousands of prices associated with it. So there's been a lot of um, updates made to the platform around handling those larger product catalogs and customer level pricing. Um, there's been quite a few other B2B functions, uh, uh, features that have rolled out. So I think there's uh, live search from customer groups within B2B, um, quite a lot of updates to PWA Studio. So they've got the Vienna theme that they've been kind of constantly adding to. Um, a lot of updates within um, GraphQL. Um, and in the PWA side of things, they've also focused on bits like accessibility and um, making sure that things like the Vienna theme can be read by screen readers. And um, I think they've pulled out some like high contrast versions of the theme and, and bits like that as well. Um, 
And then alongside that, they're kind of further aligning themselves with the Adobe suite of products. So I think they've rolled out Adobe Sign integration and some um, other bits that kind of roll them into the the Adobe suite. We've had bits like Apple Pay out of the box. Um, and then, yeah, largely that upgrade compatibility. They've rolled out a kind of an upgrade compatibility tool that says if you're moving from 2.3.2 to 2.4.4, here are all the extensions we think are likely to break as a, as a result of that. Here's here's where you need to be focusing your attention on. Um, and that gives, I guess, us as an agency a better understanding of where we need to focus attention when we're when we're carrying out those upgrades. Um, you mentioned PWA Studio there, which I think is always quite an interesting topic. And obviously, there was a lot of hype. You know, we used to go to the Imagine Conference in Vegas together every year. There was a lot of hype around that for a few years. And then Again, I'm not as close to Magento as I was, but I don't feel like you hear the same level of uh, positivity or newness around that. Um, what's your view on if you were to go headless? And I know your group does quite a lot with headless build. Uh, what would the stack look like? Would, would you build on top of PWA Studio or would you go with a completely independent set of technologies? Yeah, so we um, we acquired Ampersand Commerce last year in um, December. They use PWA Studio as their kind of core underlying theme for headless um, implementations. So they have a an accelerator product that they run on various sites, um, looking after companies like Selco and and businesses like that. They're fundamentally using the PWA Studio. Um, there's definitely a lot of internal IP that's been built on top of that as well. So we've kind of taken PWA Studio as a foundation and then built out things like a customized checkout and various other iterations on top of it. Um, I think personally, from a from a personal perspective, and this is maybe slightly different, I I always am a fan of building the framework that you um, run yourself and understanding it kind of intimately, as it were. So um, making sure. So we we we're building out our own framework that's built in React um, called Boilerplate. And that'll be our base theme that we use for all headless builds. Um, from a group perspective on our side, we could have the same front-end theme that could then inter- interchange with things like Big Commerce or Shopify or Adobe Commerce or Commerce Tools or whatever other platforms we choose to, to kind of um, work with in the future. Um, and it means that we understand everything within there. But I think that there's pros and cons to each of them. Hiver's obviously getting a or Hoover is um, getting a really good reputation in the industry at the moment for being a really solid platform that's got some great brains behind it and there's it's progressing really well. You've got alternatives like View Storefront that's gained a lot of momentum. Um, so I think there's pros and cons of each, no kind of right or wrong answer on that side. Um, I think, um, yeah, Hoover's definitely an interesting one. I've seen a few sites recently that are particularly impressive that have been built. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah like a lot of the old school or well not old school but some of the like magento old guard devs on twitter are particularly behind that so yeah we've done quite a lot of proof of concept work with it behind the scenes and we're, we're looking at things like the checkout and um because they have certain components that you can just kind of buy off the shelf on that side but it's it's got a really good development team behind that and i, I can see them doing really well with it yeah, that makes sense. That'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Magento should just buy it, really, shouldn't they? And, um, yeah, maybe. I heard it here first. Yeah. Um, so next question. Uh, so there's two questions left. Uh, Magento's roadmap. So the next 12, 18 months, like what's coming next? What are you excited about with the platform and the kind of surrounding Adobe technology? It's, um, it's, it's probably a bit sad to say, but I'm excited about them simplifying the upgrade path. 
I think that is going to be one of the big things on there. And I think at the moment, um, if you hear anything negative about Magento, it is purely that upgrade path and the the fact that people feel like they're spending large amounts of money on doing those upgrades. So with that being such a key part of um, the issues, I think if they can solve that, it will almost kind of um, reignite some of the Magento industry on that side and allow them to focus on more of the kind of product rollout and um, adding lots of new functionality. So that's definitely something that we want to see progressing um, and and kind of, yeah, getting getting kind of regular updates on. Um, Adobe do publish their product roadmap now. So um, most of its feature updates at the moment are related to kind of performance at high scale, as I mentioned, around things like B2B um, or removing kind of old legacy functionality that's no longer used. But I think what we, what we will see is the... Um, doubling down on B2B functionality. Um, I would say probably four, four years ago, three, four years ago, we would see one B2B opportunity for every six or seven B2C opportunities. And now it's, it's not quite flipped, but we definitely see like B2B is very prominent in the merchants that we're spoke, speaking to at the moment. Typically, um, customers that have like a B2C store and want to offer B2B as well. Um, and then they might have an international thrown into there as well. So I think that the B2B functionality build out will be um, something that's kind of key there and um, quite exciting for growth because um, it's a new market that that they've not been in for that long, really. Um, but they've established themselves as kind of a, a key player there. Um, that's about it, really. Yeah, I think um, B2B is really interesting. And um I think one of the things that I've been most surprised by is that they haven't had more competition. So I yeah. think in terms of that mid-market um, space, like obviously big commerce is kind of challenging and they're winning quite a bit. And I'd imagine you're seeing them quite a lot, but there's not another like mainstream B2B focused platform is there that's kind of actually going to market with like a proper kind of proposition and ecosystem. And Yeah. Uh, yeah exactly and they're both like they're both gaining good reputation for different kind of slightly different styles almost sass and sass and open source are always going to have pros and cons between the two of them there's kind of enough market share for both of them to compete and win in different areas and i think one one solution will work really well for one customer and one will work really well for another so um yeah they've got they've got a good b2b platform there's not many like you say, there's not many platforms out there that you can think of that have the feature set available within within Magento and the B2B space. So um, I think it would be a sensible move for them to just continue and to kind of double down on, on that functionality and build it out further. Makes sense. Um, last question, which you, again, have kind of answered, so I'm going to change it slightly. Um, but I guess... So what would you, and you, you have answered this one, or this first half of the question, uh, what would you like to see Magento do more of? And within your agency, like, what are some of the other things that you're, I guess, currently like investing time and money into uh, from like, I don't know, maybe R&D or, you know, it could be headless. There might be, you know, other Adobe products. Like where are you looking to kind of develop your Magento offering? Yeah, so... Um... What I would like to see from uh, Magento and Adobe, I guess, is the upgrade path solved. Um, we've, we've talked about that a lot. Um, continuing that B2B functionality further. I think outside of the actual platform and that side of things, I think a return of the events that they used to do. There used to be a kind of a real sense. We Again, we spoke about this a few weeks ago. There used to be such a sense of kind of community and involvement and 
I've always been at the events. We've both spoken at events previously. We've had clients speak at events. Um, the dev community in uh, Magento is kind of obsessive around kind of developing the platform. And um, it's got a really good kind of community behind it. But since COVID's happened, a lot of those events have kind of fallen away. And obviously, the, the SaaS platforms have seen quite a lot of growth there. Um, but seeing things like Meet Magento UK earlier this year um, kind of brought back that community feel again. And I think I think it's good for the for the industry. Um, it keeps the the product kind of on its toes and um, you get kind of merchants together and brainstorming and all that sort of thing. So I think a return of um, a return to some more of those events and, and bits would be nice to see. Um, transparency around kind of product roadmap and the direction of the platform, I think would be good as well. Um, Adobe are quite, they do publish it, but they are quite quiet around um, some of the features that they're rolling out. Um, but a bit of a step forward there would be good as well. And then really from from a group perspective, um, headless is definitely something that we're kind of continuing to invest in. It's not for everyone. We definitely don't want to. There are a lot of companies out there that have rolled out headless builds and um, had a lot of problems post, uh, post-launch on that side. And we definitely want a really stable product that we can take to market for that. So um, Ampersand have done a lot of headless work now. So that's something that we're, we're kind of um, keen to kind of progress with. Um, R&D wise, we're looking at our own framework so we can kind of spread across different platforms. We want to, as a group, be almost a kind of platform agnostic. A client can kind of come to us. They don't necessarily need to know what the platform is that they're um, wanting to build on. We can kind of help with with some of those bits. Um, but fundamentally, we, we're looking at um, integration platforms. So we have our own iPaaS internally um, to manage the integrations between different systems. Um, a headless framework, and then kind of diversifying our platform offerings. So at the moment, we offer Shopify, uh, Magento, um, Kentico and Braco. Uh, I think I've covered those. And then uh, we're looking at big commerce at the moment as well, and potentially things like commerce tools. Um, and really just being able to offer that agnostic approach. And then we're looking at other areas, so digital marketing, data, uh, analytics. So yeah, exciting, exciting times at the moment. A lot of a lot of investment and a lot of growth in the in the group. Great. Well, um, yeah, I think that covered all of my questions. And um, yeah, one thing I was gonna agree with you on was it was very interesting going to meet Magento event. I think it was a tube strike, train strike, and we both managed to get there. I think my expectations were fairly low given the challenges of getting around London and there were over 700 people there and it was absolutely buzzing. So yeah, I think that was quite interesting and definitely shows that there's still some hype around Magento and there's still an ecosystem. But yeah, I agree. They need to bring people together a bit more and try and get um around a bit of a reputation issue they've still got i think from like two magento two and um yeah some of those early days because yeah it sounds like they are doing some some interesting stuff and you know particularly like you said b2b is still very very strong so yeah yeah 100 it's a it's a great platform and especially for international and multi-store and bits like that there's there there aren't that many platforms that handle that multi multi-store um functionality in the in the way that magento does and it's it is very good at that side of things but um as we both know when when magento 2 first came out it did have a rocky start cloud wasn't ideal and i think they've suffered a bit of reputation damage there and um those events are just a great way to get people um back upbeat about the platform again and singing its kind of praises and and getting it back out there so 
um yeah we'll see what the next year has has in has in store for us all great um so thanks very much lewis for coming on the podcast and talking about magento uh, really interesting episode if people or listeners want to get in touch with you or find out more around kind of how you work or ask any questions around magento how should they get in touch with you uh, so via our website, which is pinpointdesigns.co.uk, um, or alternatively, can reach out on email. So uh, my email's lewis.sellers, uh, which is S-E-L-L-E-R-S, um, at idhl.co.uk. Um, and I'm also on Twitter under Lewis Sellers. Um, so any of those methods is fine. Great. And um, thanks, everyone, for listening. As always, any likes or shares across the different podcast platforms and YouTube is gratefully appreciated. And then we'll be back next week with another episode and James will be back. So it won't just be myself. So, yeah, thanks again, everyone. And I'll see you all soon. Thanks for having me. For more information on this topic, head over to replatform.fm for our audio podcasts. To discuss a project, or if you'd like to chat about any of the topics covered in this episode in more detail, please reach out to myself, James Gerd, or my co-host, Paul Rogers, via LinkedIn and Twitter. Thanks again for listening, and keep your ears peeled for the next episode.